Welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. Hey, Zach, how are you doing today? There you go. I let you do it. <laughs> he actually cued me this time. God, God said, God said for you to lead the show today. Here you go. <laughs> See, now that's not what he was talking about. You feel pressure? Me? No, yeah. not really. Pressure? No. Walking down. I don't me. feel pressure. I had a good time with Angela for uh, about an hour, about an hour talking with Sam. There was a lot of information floating around in that room, and the only two that understood <laughs> it was her and Sam. That's what she said. She said she was. I was kinda... like, wow. There was. Yeah. It was like watching a a, a ping pong match. Oh, I want to share and being the observer. We have. I want to just get right into something, and I haven't shared it with you on purpose because I wanted it to be like authentic uh, that I shared it. But I, shared I don't it. like when you do that to me. I shared it with my wife. No, it's about me. It's not about you this time. I'm not putting you on the spot this week. I promise. But um, so I told my wife this already, just because I couldn't hold it in because it was so cool. It was something so cool. But you remember last week I talked about how I've, I've you know, I was delivered out of that season and stuff like that. Um, and anyway, we'll talk about that later. But um, like, you I, know, I gave your wife my sledgehammer. So she, that wall should be gone by now. Right. But like, here's what's cool is um, here's what's cool. It's like I, I have been lifted. And, and ever since like the the fog had been lifted and I've been kind of like looking back at the last like nine months of my life, I've realized some things that were going on at the time. But I don't you, I don't know if you remember, but like. I probably just glazed past it, but I think I remember mentioning last week where I said like had Satan had made me an offer. During, oh yeah. During that time. Yeah. Um, and I really thought about that because the offer the offer that he made me, like it was very confusing to me because I was like, What? I was like, at the time that he offered to me, I was like, Man, like, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's really not even that um it's really not even that like tempting really like it's not even that great of an offer it was kind of like it was kind of weird and it really something that kind of baffled me I was like well we're sitting here talking about Satan <laughs> you know and it's like kind of baffled me this whole time but I, anyway I just I was just like no you know I mean it was somewhat tempting but I just figured it would be more than that you know what I mean it was just kind of confusing and God showed me something this last week I was thinking about this and it's so cool man um it's so cool because whenever, you know how I've told all these stories about the golf ball where God showed me through the dream and then years later he showed me about the golf ball. Like God showed me that the reason why it was kind of confusing to me mm-hmm. about this offer that he made me is because Satan does not know us like God knows us. And God showed me exactly. through this situation. And this is for the Satanists and stuff that watch this show. Um, but like the the thing that I was offered was very impersonal. Like it was very, like, it was just kind of sloppy. It was kind of, um, just like, it almost seemed desperate, like trying to hang on it. And it just seemed sloppy. And it seemed like he didn't really understand what I truly wanted in my life. Hmm. The way that, that God does That's And that's what God showed me why it was so confusing mm-hmm. is because why it was so confusing is because Satan does not know me the way that God knows me. When God, when God gives a gift, when God gives a gift, he makes everything come together and makes it like slam down. And he shows you how he had been planning this since 30 years, since you've been alive. And, it, and he, he 
brings everything together into this one moment to show you that I've been here this whole time. Like the, with the sparrow that I told you about, um, in whenever I went to that, uh, swimming place mm-hmm. that sparrow story I remember that about story, how god yeah. made everything come together four thousand rooms and that sparrow was in that one place and he was bring lifting me out of that season and he and he stamped it with a sign and with that golf ball the dream with the golf ball how he placed that golf ball in the in the pasture and i, I realized that a guy probably hit that five years before then probably five years before i even had that dream and he made it all come together to that one moment Mm -hmm. and how when god makes things happen it's personal and he cares about you and he shows that he's been watching you and leading you that whole time and when satan does something it's just kind of like just impersonal like it's just it was it was very sloppy it was very like i could tell that he just didn't really know me and then i thought to myself i was like even though he might be able to offer you some things of the world um, why would you want to work with that guy? You know what I mean? Why would you want to, why wouldn't you want to work with someone that cared and that knows you personally, that's taken the time because he crafted you, God crea- crafted you to be the way that you are. Exactly. You know? And so I just thought that was a cool, a cool thing that God revealed to me. And I don't feel like I'm explaining it the same way that uh, I did you're, with you. You're doing good. The reason that I'm slightly distracted is because I actually have a verse that God just gave me to, to share with you on this and a and another one that I put in the devotional this morning that I know applies to this season right now. Okay. So I'm trying to find it exactly, which is not my favorite thing to do, under pressure. On this one, it's uh, Mark 8, 37. Okay, well, I'll just go back to 36. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? That makes it extremely easy for me to say no to the law to when uh satan tries to tempt me on things well i know and it's kind of like beginning it wasn't that easy because you didn't understand that concept yeah if you know if you know what you're going to be losing like then it needs to be something kind of crazy don't it like like you need to kind of be able to match what i'm going to lose here and it and like you're not coming close here bub (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) you know what i mean like like it was just very impersonal, and I was like, I, I was just very confused by it. Like I was like, well, God tells us in Isaiah forty six nine, remember the things that I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I I am God, and there is none like me. And what this what this means is only I can tell you the future before it even happens. And He's telling you this so that you can understand. Satan can tell you whatever he wants to, but he's the father of lies. The only one that can tell you the difference or or what happens in the future is the one that stands outside time. The Lord knows his people because he stands outside of time. He knows the ending from the beginning, not the beginning from the end. God, the Bible actually says the ending from the beginning. And the reason that it says that is because he has already been there. Yeah. He and already knows what happens and the choices that you make. That was another thing, too. I was like, I was like, all this sounds nice, but you can lie. God mm-hmm. can't lie. Like, yeah. God, and here's the cool thing about God. When you know that you're dealing with a liar, 
here's what I like about God is like, this thing was trying to tell me my future and what, like, in just one small aspect of it. But in the grand scheme of things, you couldn't tell me anything else that was going to be happening here, here, here. You know, you're just trying to let have me see linear with the worldly view. Mm-hmm. But with God, God don't make any promises about your future. But what he does give you is hope for eternity. You're in this fallen world that's controlled by Satan. And I just, I don't know. It just seemed desperate. Just it, it, And when God makes things happen, like God doesn't give you, I mean, God takes care of me and stuff like that. So I'm not saying that, but when God gives like a gift from him, that's not of monetary value. That's of like a gift that him showing you like, Hey bud, I'm here. Like, and I wanted to let you know that. And, and you go, you, you start thinking back about what God had to do to let you know he was there in that very moment that he had been planning that it may be just a little golf ball to people. But to me, I look back at the years and years and years and the time that it took for him to put that there for me to find it years later. And it shows me, it shows me who he is too, because there's no human that could do that. Everything about this podcast says that. Yeah. I mean, everything about this podcast, I don't know anything about how to do this. And a year ago, a little over a year ago, you came to me and said, Hey, and I went, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then you came again, and I went, hey, let me pray about it. Then the third time, you were already done asking. And I answered with, when do we start, which was not what I was thinking. And then the the amazing part is that Mark, unfortunately, we're missing Mark today. Uh, he had a family issue that came up. But I had already met Mark in my other men's class and, yep. and, and brought him in. I mean, if you stop and look at the things that got you to have, I mean, you were a friend of my son-in-law's. So we had a connection that we didn't even realize. Then you come to this church yep, and you meet me. And for whatever reason, God said, use me. Well, part of that I think is, everybody knows you're the loudest guy in the room and well and I yeah, knew but one of the reasons that he did was simply because I have already made that my life here I am Lord use me what's crazy about that too is like I have dealt with some pretty confident people in my life like um like yeah I don't know if you knew this but I even I I had an opportunity right before I moved here I probably never told you this but I had an opportunity to um, to produce a podcast for HBO, um, and it was uh, I actually turned it down because I was really focused on everything else in my life, and that wasn't going to bring me like what I needed right now. That was probably going to bring a future. But I figure I'll always I've already made the connections I made in the podcast world, but now they don't really work for what we're doing now. But um, I've already made the the connections in the podcast. I figure that what I know now I can make it happen. Right. And so I, I did away with that, but you know, I had an opportunity with, um, HBO and all these other places. And I dealt with some pretty confident people in my, in my walk with podcasting and every single time, dude, I've, I've, um, interviewed country music stars. I mean, like all these people always had a little bit of nerves with them. And it always kind of had a little bit awkwardness when that camera's pointed at them and stuff like that. And dude, whenever I sat you down for that test show that we did, and we, I have, I have a test show that we did that's not one of these episodes. When I sat <laughs> you down and we started talking there, I was like, holy crap, this guy didn't 
having like this is he's meant for this you're you're like literally there's people that are meant for country music and all this stuff and they're in front of cameras and lights and stuff like that whenever this whenever all this stuff hits them it it does a number it did not did a number to me but it just didn't do nothing to you dude like you sat down and you you ran with it dude you just kind of accepted your fate and and you sat there it's it's not fate um i say here i am lord use me yeah. So it's not by my strength I sit in this chair. You've changed like personally over the last, but you've really your your podcast skills were just there. Like it's a skill to be able to do it. Like I said, there's some things we talked about that hmm. you need to work on, you know, with your interviewing and stuff like that. But as far as that goes, man, like you're you're great. I'm still when I look back at that test show, I was just I've like I said, I've you can ask Angela, I have dealt with some popular people in my time. Like I've grown connections and stuff like that and had opportunities and I've never seen someone as comfortable as you were. So what you're saying is I'm cool as a cucumber. I would never say something that dumb. (laughs) I would never say something that dumb. That's an old, that's an old statement. (laughs) Yep. I would never shows my age quite a bit, right? Yeah, it sure does. Sure does. (laughs) Made that compliment go right away. Well, I appreciate the compliment and I probably couldn't do this. Uh, without your tutelage. Yeah. And that's not true. you having all those skills that you, t- that God guided you to, even though they weren't your profession or, you know, your, your job. Yeah. Um, without you going ahead and stepping into those roles and getting that information, cause you know, it would have went all over my head and I wouldn't understood anything. Yeah. So without you having the knowledge to sit in that chair, I couldn't do this at all. I just all, thought, all I'm excited about is sharing the word of the Lord with people and loving like Jesus. Yep. I I didn't realize the importance of leading with love as much as I did when we started dealing with the different type of uh, interviewees. I know you don't see this a whole lot, but I want to share with you, like when we put, when Coco posts clips and stuff of us, like a lot of people that we've interviewed will stop by in our comment sections and be like, and endorse us. Like you're, we're talking about pagans, Satanists, atheists, agnostics will say, we love these guys. Like these guys are the best light because of, because of how we've decided to choose in and, and to step in and, and treat people. Um, we are becoming it's not like we're sitting there and going into the unbeliever community and being like, follow us into Christianity. And then we're having this mass exodus exodus of unbelievership. But there are people in the unbeliever community that have grown to respect us at the very least. And, and I think that says something, you know, I think that says something. I think we're doing more than what the average I don't want to trash other ministries because I believe other ministries uh, hold a place, but I think it says more. And I think our intent is a lot better than um, what some other ministries have where they just want to go in and chop you down throw some seeds on you and move on. I think, I think what we're doing and what we're seeing, we're seeing fruits of our labor and in, in the community that we've decided to walk into, we're seeing fruits of it. I mean, we have an atheist that works for us right now, and he's doing a phenomenal job. Yes, I actually, uh, I actually sent him a message yesterday. Did I, you really? Yeah, I somehow came across him, 
And it said, send him away. So I sent him away. So he sent me a message, and then I sent him a message. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I don't even know how I just did that, but that was cool. <laughs> you know, because I was thinking I, I really need to reach out to him and tell him that and I, I've been pretty impressed with his clips. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have more unbelievers um, working for us in the future. I don't know. If God tells me to, you know I will. You know I will uh, um, obey that. But um, God, turn your microphone on. Turn your microphone up on three. Turn it up. There you go. I think that it's cool because every Sunday, every Sunday he posts a positive thing about God. Yeah, we we talked yesterday. Well, his, I didn't really notice that. His rule is because he's an atheist, you know, and he doesn't he doesn't agree with with the same things that we believe in. And mm -hmm. so, and I asked him in the beginning. I was like, "Hey, man, I know you don't believe in the same thing as, but here's our mission." This is what our mission is, and this is what we believe in. And I told him, you know, you have to allow me to navigate my life with a belief in God, and I'm going to allow you to navigate your life without a belief in God, and I understand that. But, like, you're going to have to post clips about me and Larry talking good things about God and inspiration. And he said, I have no problem. One, of the, so, one of the things that I've noticed since we announced that we're going to take a break for a few weeks is the— uh, the amount of people that have come up to me that that are the ones that are kept up every week. I mean, they're on they're on it. They're waiting on nine o'clock for the for the episode to come out so they can fire it up. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, "What am What are we supposed to do?" Nero said that too. And I'm like, "Listen, go back, research the ones that you haven't seen in a while, or the ones that were your favorite, and then replay them. It doesn't hurt to do that if you found one yep. that was more inspiring." Then another one or find somebody to share it with. I often do that. I go back and watch some of the older ones myself just to. I, trust me, it's not because I want to see myself on the screen. But I do know that my wife does not watch or listen to all of them. And I like putting them up on the screen so that she sees my big head right there in front of that 55-inch TV. And You say, look how, look how famous I am. <laughs> but here's the deal. Here's, here's one thing I want to say because I don't think I've went over this with the audience. And I'm going to make this promise to you. And it makes me nervous. I've got to pit my stomach say I'm making this promise because I know, I know I'm promising When he promises you, in front of me, I... I put his feet to the fire. Well, and I put myself to the fire, and that's why I'm getting a pit in my stomach because I know I'm going to have to come through with it. And it's a lot of pressure, but just like Pastor Gary said in his, in his Wednesday sermon last week, I was cracking up because I was like, yes. Pastor Gary, you are talking directly to me. It's fine. <laughs> and I know you well, are. Well, no, it's he fine. was talking to me. How was he talking to you? Yeah, well. I know every one of us in there, when Pastor Gary, when Pastor Gary preaches and he preaches through his teaching, it seems like he's having a one-on-one -on -one with you. That's what... I mean, it really does. Last week <laughs> last week was the most forward I'd ever heard him been when he said, you've been called to be a leader, deal with it. Step into it and stop crying. And I was like... <laughs> I just started laughing, and he kind of glanced over at me, and I was like, okay, fine, you got it. I got the hit, yep. let's go. But Step in and start crying. This or is my promise crying. to you, okay? I've already got it in the works. First of all, I want to welcome to the ministry. Her name's Jess. Um, I need to get her social hey, media Jess. handle. Um, Jess is our guest acquisition specialist. She's going to start um, acquiring guests. She's already started, by the way, and she's already doing a great job. Um, but she's going to start acquiring guests. We're going to have a new um, producer. Mark's going to be the executive producer. And Mark's probably going to produce some of the shows, too. Um, and unless he, if Mark wants to put another producer in that show, then that's what we're going to give Mark. Um, but he's still going to be on the show that you see. 
So, so this coming year, we're not only going to be more focused. But we're going to be more we're, organized. We're also going to, it's going to be a season of true growth. You are going to see an, an absolute change in this show when we come back. You are going to see a big difference in the way we do things. We're probably going to have segments. We're going to be a lot more organized. And we're going into this year a lot more intentional. We are taking the bull by the horns, essentially, and we're being a lot more intentional about what we're doing as a ministry. And not only are we going into the enemy camp, but we're literally going to kick in the front door and say, we're here. What are you going to do about it? And that's what this ministry is going to do over the next year. And um, we're here for it. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to be intentional. So um, anyway, we need to get to our guest this week. Um, Our guest is actually a is probably our most popular guest we've ever had on the show, and I'm so grateful that he's coming on. His name's Brandon Robertson. He is something called a progressive Christian. And uh, what a progressive Christian is, is um, he believes in, I think he's a universalist, which means that he believes that everyone, everyone is saved no matter what. And he's also an LGBTQ pastor, and he has a bunch of other beliefs. But as always, I'm not going to sit here and put words into his mouth about what he believes. I'm going to let him do it himself. And so let's get to him. Brandon Robertson. Hello. Brandon. Hey there. How are you doing, man? Doing well. How are you? Not bad at all, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on our little show. I appreciate it. I know you've done a lot of really cool interviews and stuff, so it's a, it's a real honor and privilege for you coming on our show. No, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Okay. Um, so let me kind of explain what we are and what we do. Um, and then I'm going to go around the room and introduce everybody to you. Okay. First of all, our show is called help my unbelief. Um, where who we typically interview is people that don't believe in God or people that don't believe in the same thing that we do. Um, we are, we are not a debate show. Um, we do not debate here. Um, I've seen many shows that you've done and you've been in debates and you would probably honestly paddle our behind if we, if we started doing that. So, but that's not what we do anyway. Um, we just, we, we saw how, and I'm sure you've recognized this. We saw how kind of Christians are taking this, um, apologetics angle towards people that don't agree with them. And it's, it's honestly making what we believe in look silly, um, with, sure. with us, all the infighting and stuff like that. So we, we chose to take a different route and just interview people, get their history, um, show them love and then move on about our business. Um, so we'll interview How long do I have you, Brandon? I'm good for an hour, an so. hour. Good. Okay. And so what we'll do is I'll watch the clock and that way you don't have to do that. And then, um, towards the end of the show, we'll do something that we call the rounds. And um, we'll go around the room and say something in closing. Um, each one of us will say something to you in closing. And then because you're our guest, you're going to get the final um, final say at the end of the show. But other than that, it's pretty much like a free format um, interview, just pretty much talking. So um, awesome. let me go around the room and introduce you. My lovely wife, Angela, is in studio today. Hello, how are you? Good. So good to be with you. And then my beautiful, young, and illustrious co-host, Larry. You know, you shouldn't lie. When everybody's going to be listening to this. I'm, I'm the old, big, ugly dude. He's not beautiful or young. Yes, neither one of those. Goodness gracious. Well, good to meet you, Larry. And nice then, to meet you. I can't even pretend to be that. And then I'm I'm Zach. I'm the young, tan, um, vibrant. Um, I, come, I need to write some of these down before I come in here. You should. So... Yeah, I'm Zach. I'm the I'm the one that you see in the um in the videos and and on the Help My Believe channel and stuff like that. Here so. you go, Zach. You're the mouthpiece for the Help My Believe podcast. That doesn't sound very good. I don't like that. 
I like that. <laughs> I'm Br- a, Brandon understood that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Brandon, um, you're a you're a you you're a progressive Christian. That's what you would title yourself, right? You're Reverend, by the way. You're you're you literally have the title Reverend, right? I do, yes, and yeah, a progressive Christian. Okay, what is that? It's a good question. Uh, progressive Christian. That language is really taken off in the past few years. Um, in the past, people might have referred to us as emergent Christians or uh, liberal theology back in the day. But to be a progressive Christian simply means that we look at the Bible from a progressive, inclusive lens. Meaning, on one hand, uh, I believe in progressive revelation, meaning that God continues to speak and is still speaking. And so um, we would chart a path throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, where we see God's revelation growing bigger, bigger, and more robust. Um, and most progressive Christians believe that God continues to speak beyond the pages of the Bible. And so over the past 2,000 years, God has been at work in the world, calling us more towards the truth. Uh, Jesus promised his disciples the Spirit would lead them into all the truth after he left. And so uh, that means that sometimes uh, our ethics or beliefs might evolve and grow. Um, and the Bible is our foundation point, our jumping off point. But it doesn't always have the final word on uh, what we believe God thinks is best in the world and what God uh, has for us in the world. So that's one way to talk about progressive Christianity. Um, But the beauty of it also, um, with all things progressive and liberal, is we are (laughs) postmodern. And so there is a lot of room for uh, people having different definitions for what exactly progressive Christianity means. Most of us would align with our faith is based on the life and teachings of Jesus and the belief that God continues to speak and work in the world today. And so we're, we're, we're considered Pentecostal, right, Larry? And so we believe, we believe we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us and it's guiding us and giving us, well, I don't know about new revelation. He, the way he, uh, the way you put that Brandon about like giving us new revelation, I was like, well, I kind of got like, God speaks to us now. We believe in that. Right. Right. Yeah. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, Brandon? Like you have the Holy Spirit living inside you and and he's God and he's guiding you throughout your life. Absolutely. It is, as you identified, one of the areas where Progressive Christians, Catholics, uh, Orthodox, and Pentecostals were all aligned on God still speaking. But I come from a version of evangelicalism that taught that when the Bible was closed, when the biblical canon was closed, God stopped speaking, and there are no new words, no fresh revelation. Um, and so that's where a lot of progressive evangel- uh, progressive Christians are coming from. It's from a world that said everything God wanted to say was just in the Bible, nothing more, and um, that's problematic. I, be- I believe right. God, like the more I read the Bible recently, I believe, I believe it was kind of rare for God to speak through like a burning bush, even back in the biblical times, like the way I've been interpreting the Bible and reading it lately, I'm like, God talks to us the same way that he always has. Like he has used the burning bush. He has used the top of the mountain and stuff like that. But whenever it's like Job 33, when it talks about how God talks to people and terrifies them in dreams. And I tell you that God talks to me at night and about, um, with Gideon where, um, where God was speaking to Gideon and Gideon was like, yes, for a sign. Yeah. And he was like, well, if this is really, you tell me to do this, then I'm going to lay this rug or whatever it was out. And so it was pretty obvious that Gideon, it, God didn't just come down and smack him over the face with it. So like, I don't know. What do you think about that, Brandon? Does, do you think God speaks to us in the same way um, today that he did for the most part back then? 
Yeah, I actually preached a sermon on this two weeks ago. The idea that uh, we all tend to think that God speaks in like a Morgan Freeman-esque booming voice that comes down from the heavens and is very clear when you hear it. But if you actually look at most of the stories of scripture of God speaking, first of all, I mean, the scripture is quite explicit that God speaks in a still small voice often. And so I think in order to hear God, the way God spoke in scripture and the way God spoke today, it requires us being quiet and on our faces before God and listening for the voice of God. It's not always going to be, although it has happened throughout history and I believe could happen, that God will show up with a sign or in a very audible voice. But more often, the spirit inside of us is always, I believe, speaking and whispering and uh, trying to guide us towards the truth. Um, but it takes quietness and it takes uh, tuning our hearts to the spirit to be able to perceive when God is speaking to us. Exactly. With Matthew six thirty three, where it, it says, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. The key word there is seek him first. Yep. And so yep. if we're not seeking him, then we can't hear him. Totally. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, God is, I will say again, and I think you all agree, God is always speaking. I think people that feel like uh, God has gone silent since the Bible closed or something, or that we live in a vastly different world than the biblical world, I think they completely misunderstood what was happening in the pages of the Bible. God speaks the same way today. I completely agree. Can I say this? I completely agree. I I just like had this idea pop in my head. I don't, I don't know. It's just an idea. I'm not saying this. But if you're denying, because Pastor Gary teaches us that the Holy Spirit is God, 100% God, right? And he's living inside us, and that's who is talking to us, right? Mm -hmm. So these people, these people that are saying that they don't, they're not being talked to by God every single day, every single day, would you consider that blaspheming the Holy Spirit? Probably not, right? It's just an idea that came up in my head. No, I would say that that would probably just be a misconception on their part. Some of us don't get it right. But that makes me yeah. sad, too, for them. It makes me sad for them that they're not communicating and living in this, because there's obviously a spiritual world going around. They're denying the spiritual then, right? There's a lot of people that deny that there's a spiritual world. That makes me sad. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> John MacArthur is the, the chief guy here. He did a conference a few years ago called Strange Fire, where he basically laid out uh, the case for what he calls and what I learned in church is cessationism, which literally means God has stopped speaking. Uh, and yeah, it's a very sad version of Christianity, I would say. Do you believe in the gifts gifts of the Spirit? I do, yes. What gift do you say you have? Prophecy? You know, I think in my understanding of the gifts is that it's less uh, one gift for a lifetime. I think gifts come when we need them. Uh, and so I've I mean, I've spoken in tongues before. Um, I do believe I've had and received prophetic words before. Um, I think healing I've witnessed before. So I think all of that is uh, at work. Um, but I wouldn't say that I have one particular spiritual gift. Do you do you see the fruits of the Holy Spirit in your church? Absolutely, yes. I mean, I think that's the only way we as Christians can judge whether the Spirit is at work is by seeing the fruit that's being born. And so when you see... People growing more like Christ, being more loving, patient, kind. Um, I think all of that is evidence that God is at work in our hearts. Yeah. But the key still falls back to actually believe in who Jesus is, right? Totally. Yeah. You, you believe Jesus is God? Absolutely. I don't, I don't under, here, I'm going to just say, say this, man. I don't that understand. That makes me nervous. 
I just don't understand. Like I've seen, I've seen so much. I've seen so much hate for you. Like I watched the Jeff Durbin show with you and Jeff Durbin. Sure. I'm sure you remember that. And yeah. he spent his time calling you apostate and, um, and just really kind of dragging you down. And you handled yourself really well in that, um, that interview, by the way. But I don't understand. I don't understand why we would want as Christians, us and Brandon. I mean, he's saying a lot of really good things here. Of course, we could we could dive into some issues that we're going to disagree with with Brandon right now. Right. You know, we could dive into those. But he's also leading people to Christ. Right. So I don't understand why we would spend our time um, attacking each other right like that first off yeah. we can all agree that god can use anybody at any time yeah it they don't even have to be a believer there's plenty of descriptions in the old testament where he used kings that weren't good yeah but he used yeah. them to turn a whole generation to him yeah you know and right. that and that there's many stories that way so yeah I mean, and I, like, I do i'm not calling you a bad king by the way brandon I was just giving examples, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do think this is where the some of the division between progressive and not progressive Christians comes, and I think it's unfortunate because uh, the denomination I used to be a part of, uh, we had a statement, no creed but Christ. And I'm a part of the United Church of Christ now is my denomination, and we also don't have creedal statements, but it all comes down to, does someone confess Jesus as Lord? If so, everything else is a secondary matter. We can be united knowing we are followers of Christ, siblings in Christ, and everything else is important, but there's room for disagreement. And unfortunately, um, there's this movement of more conservative Christians today that are solidifying and adding to what you need to agree to in order to actually be considered born again, a follower of Christ. And I, I think that's adding to the gospel. I think that's adding to the work of, uh, of Christ. I think it's all about believing in him and everything else comes after that. I can agree with that. Do you also feel, um, I'm trying to think of how to say this, that there is a spirit of Phariseeism and Sadduceeism. Can you understand what I'm trying to say with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd be a little, I would say I'm a little bit, I would be careful with the words Pharisees and Sadducees just because, uh, from the study that I've done, actually, it's likely that Jesus was part of the Pharisee class and things like that. So it's very easy for us to uh, demonize them because they don't always have the best image in the Bible. But if by that you mean people that are adding things to faith that don't actually matter, adding rules, regulations, beliefs to what it means to actually follow Christ, and if you don't align with them, they condemn you. Right. I think that's exactly what we see. Okay, that that would probably be a better way of wording it. I I can only use it by the examples that I got in the Bible, simply yep, totally. from Jesus continually telling them to quit. You're you're getting this all wrapped up. You know, the Sabbath was not made for man, or man wasn't made for Sabbath. Sabbath was made for the man, and totally. through that in itself, they constantly went about the rules and regulations that they had made into the law not so much the the laws that God had given, which is to love everyone and yeah. to love God first and foremost above everything, but to love everyone else before yourself. And yeah. all they want to do is see the black and white. And we still get caught up. That's why there is such a push against religion in itself 
hmm. is because the uh, would would dogma be a good word for that? The dogma yeah. that the word religion brings out in people. Totally. I had a guy. Yeah. Um, I had a guy comment. Um, I had a guy comment on one of my videos on YouTube last week, and he said that hey. Um, he wanted to debate me on women in ministry because we do we do agree that women can be in ministry here. And I actually promote it, and I have a lot of women that's working in this ministry. And then there's a lot of um, women at our church, and they're just obviously gifted. Um, and so, um, and this guy, he said he wanted to come on our show to, to just have a conversation about why women can't be in ministry. And he ended up emailing me and stuff like that. And I said, you know what, man? I said openly in, in the comment, I said, I'm not interested in showing the world two Christians coming together and debating a topic. I think that's one of the number one reasons why people don't want to join Christianity. And if if our ministry is truly to get people that don't believe in God to Christ, then the last thing they need to be seeing is two Christians fighting about a, a, an issue that, that we don't agree on. That's the last thing we yeah. need to be putting on here. You mean don't? argue over disputable matters. Yeah. 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 And so that's why yeah. like when I have Brendan coming on and he's, he's talking about, by the way, your, your church, what, what denomination would you say you are, or is the denomination progressive Christianity? Uh, no, the church is part of the United Church of Christ, the UCC. So it's a, it's a progressive denomination been around for almost a hundred years, but uh, same as pastor, Drake. More same as pastor Drake. Then, Yeah. Uh, we yeah. had we had another pro- progressive Christian on. His name was Pastor Drake. He's with Mesa Church in I can't remember. It was like twenty episodes ago. I don't remember. He was a really nice guy. Um, I cool. I yeah. sent him a message recently congratulating him. He had a, something happen at church. I can't remember. But um, so let me ask you this. Uh, maybe do you do you have any um, conservative Christians that go to your church? Yeah, I mean this church that I'm at now. I've only been there for about six months now, and it's it's quite interesting because it's most of the people in my church would be more conservative than I am. Uh, and so um, I would say Orthodox, most of them are uh, probably aligned with 90% of the theology that you all have, uh, even though I disagree uh, with some of their theology. But my idea of the church, and I say this to my church almost weekly, my job as the pastor is not to tell you from the pulpit what is exactly true. Our job together uh, is to be followers of Christ who are studying scriptures together, wrestling together, and coming to understand the truth uh, as we study together. So uh, that's different than how a lot of people think of pastors. Uh, most uh, conservative pastors, for instance, think that their job is to declare exactly what is true uh, on all these topics to everybody. Um, I see my job as being more of uh, helping people on a journey, creating space, giving them the resources from scripture to, to wrestle and figure it out. Did you have something, Larry? Yes, and it went right away. <laughs> I seen you blink there. <laughs> oh man, man! I just what, I, I don't know. I, I hate I'm... being an old dude. Let me tell you, it's not <laughs> fun. Dude. These are these are my favorite okay, conversations. Yes, I got it. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I can't lose this again. Um, straight up, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you believe that the Bible is the infallible truth of God? I like the way you said that. Uh, I would say. I believe that the Bible is uh, God's revelation through the hands of humans. When it comes to the word infallible, I'd want to know more about what you mean by that. Because uh, I wouldn't say that scripture is without error. Um, I think it's a human product, people inspired by God. And so if we're going to 
I think a lot of people spend way too much time trying to make the Bible into a science book or a history book. Um, and I don't think the Bible is generally accurate in science and history because it there was no scientific age. Uh, the people, the writers of scriptures weren't writing science or history. They were writing uh, religious narratives. And so this is probably where there's some uh, nuance uh, between us. But. Well, one of those... Um... I firmly believe in it, and I have always been a King James Version. And then, like, the last time I came to the Lord, I mean, like, I've been honestly following the Lord 100% all in since 17. And I was a new King James because I grew up with a King James. I was familiar with it. The terminology doesn't bother me. Um, So when I started stepping into the other versions, such as – the ESV or the NLT or the NIV or any of those. And I found the difference in an understanding using common words. Some of them, it's an everyday word, but I have to go back to the King James to understand what they meant because that's where my training was. Right. So I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, and yeah. I understand that's why people use that scenario to uh, discount some of it. Yep. That the translations in their self are often different than what we what we grew up with. And I, totally. how old are you, by the way? About to be thirty two. So. Okay. so see that yeah, yeah, yeah. that gives me an idea that I'm I'm thirty years older than you are. <laughs> Do you understand that? Yeah. <laughs> you're totally, not, you're totally. not a pin clicker, by the way. When, <laughs> nah. Whenever we, we call it a pin clicker. Larry, one, one time we were interviewing a guy and he was 19. And when he said 19, Larry clicked his pin with conviction. And I said, Larry, why'd you do that? You said, I don't know. And I thought, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we call that, it a pin that was clicker. me being an old man. Here's the thing on that. And so, so I can lay that to rest. He spoke as he had wisdom. And what I believed at 18 when I got married 11 days after I turned 18 that I knew all I needed to know to be a husband and a grown-up, I was sadly mistaken. Right. And he is a product of what he grew up learning. Yeah. Okay. At at 17, 19, even 20, you're still a product of what you grew up with. By the time I was 21, I was a totally different person. Pastor, yeah. pastor Drake, do you do you have a? I'm sorry, Reverend. You're not a pastor, right? What do I call you? What? How do I be respectful? Any of that works. I am a pastor. Reverend's okay. a title. All of all of it works. Pastor Brandon, I'm sorry. Um, do so. Do you have like a college degree to be able to be a a Reverend? Do you have like? Are you certified or whatever it's called? Yeah, I have a, a bachelor's degree in biblical studies and pastoral ministry. I've got a master's in theological studies, and I'm getting my PhD right now in in biblical studies as well. What's your What's your goal? What's wh- Where do you see the future of your ministry going, and what do you hope for in the future? Yeah, I mean, up until probably a couple of years ago, um, being a pastor was my singular calling from 12 years old uh, through up till today. Uh, now I have seen a shift primarily because of the stuff um, getting able to be on TikTok and things like that, where I've seen how much hunger there is for deeper theological discussion, deeper biblical discussion, um, more than typically happens in your average church, which is why I'm doing the PhD, uh, because I would love to 
both teach younger people uh, in an academic setting about the Bible, about theology, but also wanting to make that accessible because people want the knowledge. They want to learn. And uh, I think it's a big mistake. People think that we're growing less interested in the Bible and in Christianity. TikTok has proven to me that there are hundreds of thousands of young people that want to go deep and want to learn more. And uh, I would love to be able to help some of them do that. You know, I believe that's probably, you know, I believe that we're in the great falling falling away right now. What was it in First Thess- Thessalonians or something like that? Like where it said the great falling away will happen. Um, yeah. And I believe it's from a lack of discipleship. I really do. I can agree with that. Like we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago that said that she was ready to dive in a little further into the word of God and she couldn't find anyone to go with her. So now she's an atheist, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. just, it's unfortunate. And then you also see that with um, the LGBTQ community and stuff where these people are, mm-hmm. they're wanting to be, um, they're wanting to figure out more about Christ and stuff like that, but everyone else will accept them, but not Christianity. And see, that's yeah. what, that's, I, I truthfully believe that the way that Pastor Kevin here in our church does is it is not for us. You know, when, when my wife and I first came to this church, we were alcoholics. Okay. But nobody, you know, bashed us for being an alcoholic. But if you came in, in some churches, they would ask us to leave because, you know, we literally, we literally came to church drunk and, you know, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be acceptable in any. Now there, since God sees sin as sin, it doesn't matter what sin it is. If I'm a liar, if I'm an adulterer, if I'm a drinker or any, anything else, he doesn't, he doesn't see that in a classification and and a point schedule. And so, so if, if you allow God to fully take over your life, he takes care of all those issues. But Brent, Brandon, you don't believe homosexuality is a sin, right? I don't know. Well, I didn't say that. Well, could you tell us? Could you tell us uh, your reasoning? I've n- I've never heard the reasoning behind that, but I, I remember catching a video you saying you don't believe it's a sin. But what's your reasoning yeah. behind that? Totally. I mean, honestly, and uh, a lot of folks don't believe it when I say it, but it comes from studying the Bible. I mean, I I didn't start off uh, wanting to prove that the Bible didn't condemn homosexuality or anything like that. It was really, I mean, I spent a decade. Uh, going deep into the scripture, learning Greek, understanding Hebrew, like learning the culture context. And I'm thoroughly convinced that the six verses that people often point to that in modern English translations, but not in the King James Version, interestingly enough, uh, have been translated as homosexuality. Those words, uh, arsenikoitai is one of the words Paul uses and malakoi is the other uh, word he uses. How do you spell that? Uh, arsenikoitai, A-R-S-E-N. K-O-I-T-E, and that's Malakoi is M-A-L-O-K-I. And both of those words, when you look into how they're used in the ancient world and what was happening in the ancient world, uh, refer to common practices that were, like in Rome, it was permissible for a Roman man to have sex with anybody who was of a lower social status than he was, and it was not considered immoral or sinful. And it was very common for Roman men to sexually abuse their male slaves, and most Roman households had slaves um and it was a way for them to sexually get off but um not be considered uh sinful and i think when paul is 
condemning the Roman culture in both Romans and First Corinthians. He's condemning these practices, which I condemn as well, but that's not what's happening in loving, consensual, same-sex relationships. Well, I understand in history that went in several different cultures, but um, just mm-hmm. to, just to clarify for me, I'm trying to learn stuff. Is yeah. that a uh, a, a Roman, Roman word, meaning Latin, or a Hebrew word that Paul was familiar with both languages? Uh, it's a Greek word, yeah. Paul word? Wrote, wrote his letters in Greek. Okay. This is where I'm an idiot, and I bow out of stuff like this. I ask just surface level questions. Like yeah. Well, I, I mean, barely graduated high school. <laughs> look, to be honest with you, Zach never shares uh, information on a guest um, beforehand, and sure. he actually sent me that. He sent Mark and I. Unfortunately, Mark's not here, uh, but he sent Mark and I that clip so that I could. Uh, <laughs> have a little bit more believe it or not warning um yeah he's he's very nervous over what i could say yeah so i'm the old school dude to help you understand the dynamics most of the time i can trust these guys to um uphold the mission of the ministry and to be nice and loving to our guests sometimes whenever it's christians and they don't believe the same thing as us i like to prepare them a little bit that way they can take deep breaths and um, right. make sure they're going to be nice. And Larry's Larry, by the way, Larry's grown so much over the last 60 some episodes. You're doing a great job, by the way. I want to tell you that. But thank you. But one of the things that I was trying to point out with my description of, you know, back into the Pharisee and the uh, hmm. Sadducee, when Jesus was pushing it out at them, right. You know, call them a brood of vipers and whatnot. That, yep is basically how we as a church have grown that we think that we can stand in judgment as somebody else in their world and and say by all the rules and regulations here in the bible i can't i can't stomach that or i can't deal with that or you can't be in my church because of this or you know there's so many things in all honesty between my wife and i that uh, our lifestyle and our life past we wouldn't be allowed in 90% of the churches that I would, that I grew up in because I grew yeah. up old school Pentecostal. And, totally. you know, if a guy showed up in a pair of blue jeans and sandals with long hair and a torn t-shirt, he would be asked to leave. I mean, that's yeah. just how judgmental they were. And these people's sins are most likely closeted. Like that's what I found yes. out about these judgmental people was that you, you're dealing with just as much stuff as everybody else is. You're just, you're just able to hide yours a little bit better. Right. I understand that yeah. completely. And with you, what, what I, one of the questions that I would like to ask you is with that clip, uh, you actually were talking about the moment that you came out to yourself, sure. literally actually came out to yourself. you, had kind of sort of leaned that way, but you didn't, uh, you didn't say that verbally to any other human on this planet until you said it to that young man. Yeah. And totally. with that, did you continue in the seminary or did you, yeah. you, I mean, that's what I was wondering is if, did, did you stay focused on your path that you felt like you were supposed to walk regardless of that coming to light? Yeah. No, that happened at the very beginning of my freshman year at Bible College, and we uh, spent the next four years studying the Bible uh, in our classes and also meeting with professors to talk about sexuality in the Bible to understand it better. And then we uh, even did uh, 
a year of conversion therapy uh, my senior year in order to try to align with what I understood the Bible to be teaching. But both through trying to have my sexuality healed and also the more I studied and the more I realized just how much there has been written about the Bible and sexuality over the past 2,000 years, uh, it just became less clear that this particular uh, topic of homosexuality was something that Christians should be drawing lines in the sand on because there's significant disagreement. And at very best, that's what I would say. Uh, at the end of the day, I am convinced the Bible doesn't condemn homosexuality, but I'm willing to admit that there is a gray area, that it's impossible to look back 2,000 years ago or more and know exactly what some of these words mean because there are no modern correlations to them. And so there's ambiguity. So we can't claim to be 100% certain about any of this. So we should be gracious uh, in, in the ambiguity. Have you ever been attracted to women at all, ever, in your whole life? Uh, well, that's, I mean, a point that's, blank, a that's a point blank question, Zach. Well, I just didn't know how else to ask it. Like, I, I'm curious about these things because, like, I really do. I've met people before that that I knew that they were gay before they did because they were like yeah. six year old kids. And, and I'm just, I'm curious. I'm, I, when I get the opportunity to ask somebody that they're willing to talk about, it, I want to talk about it. So yeah. Yeah. Were, were no, you I, would, ever... I would, I would say sexuality generally, we understand it psychologically as uh, being on a spectrum. Uh, I think vast majority of people fall at one end of the spectrum or the other end of the spectrum, meaning they're fully straight or fully gay. Um, I would probably be, three-fourths down the spectrum towards fully gay. Um, but, I mean, I, I dated a girl in high school for a couple of years, and she's a pretty girl. So, I mean, um, right. I, can't, I, I I wrestled with that for a long time. But uh, by and large, I would say I'm more oriented towards the same sex. And you, so the Holy Spirit's guiding you throughout your life. You don't feel any conviction about being gay whatsoever. Yeah, I can say that for sure. I don't. There's no sense of conviction about uh, being gay. There's all sorts of other sins that uh, I get convicted on regularly, but uh, that's not one of them. If if you ever started being convicted of it, what what would you do? How would you respond to it? That's a good question. I think it would draw me back to the scripture. It would draw me back to trying to make sure if I'm being convicted of something that I think the Bible doesn't condemn, where have I messed up here? What have I misunderstood? Um, but like I said, for the past 10 years, uh, I, I've grown more and more convinced, not because I'm now out and gay, but literally because I, you can't find somebody more committed to studying the Bible. Like I've, I've wanted to devote all my time and energy to this. This is why I'm doing the PhD. It's like I'm more and more convinced the more I study that this is right, that uh, homosexuality is not a sin, and that the church is doing great damage because it's focusing on the wrong thing. When... Um, I actually think Paul is condemning sexual abuse, and that is something that we're finding out is happening in far too many Christian churches today, but uh, we're focusing on homosexuality instead of the sin in our midst. I, ge I genuinely think that's what Satan wants us to do. Genuinely, what you just said about how it's damaging the church, about how we're so hyper-focused on homosexuality that, we, that we've got to get this out of the church, and you're not welcome here, and we've got you know, to stand up. God doesn't need you. God doesn't need you to put his sins and what he hates on blast. He doesn't need you to do that. That's why I said in that yeah. video yesterday, and I don't care what people say, where, where um, a guy on our podcast last week said, well, you know, um, love the sinner, hate the sin. 
And I said, I don't think it's our job to hate the sin either. I think that's God's job. I don't think that's our job. I think that's God's job to hate sin, judge sin. That's Jesus' job. That's what he was appointed to do. It's not your job. It's your job to love, introduce people to Christ through the fruits of your spirit from what you're Mm -hmm. doing, not by banging it on the side of the mountain or anything like that. Show Show them why they should be Christian. Not talk to them about it. Show them. Yeah. And it should be seen in your actions even yeah. more than heard in your words. And then if you mm. sit there and tell a homosexual person of why they shouldn't do that and you bang them across a rock, they're going to they're going to eventually see something that you're struggling with and that's going to that's going to hurt their faith even worse cuz they're going to say, "Well, why is you're supposed to be a mouthpiece for God and God's okay with that? You're sitting here, you know, explaining to me why you can do that and clearly it's wrong." but you're telling yeah. me why I can't do this. And it's just, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's damaging the church. You know, I really yeah. do. I really do. And I think, I think we, um, I think we need to help change it. And I think you are helping to change that. Why can we not be as abusive toward liars? Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. that's even worse. <laughs> I mean, yeah. God, God literally says he hates the lying lips. Yeah. You know, so I mean, if if we stood every time somebody told a lie and we asked them to leave the church, would we be judgmental? Yes, we would, because it's not between me and the person lying; it's between the person lying and God, right? Yeah. So yeah, and I'm 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 so worried about my own life and my own understanding of of how I'm supposed to be that I don't have time to mess with yours, you know, and, and that's that how we all need to be. That's precisely what Jesus said, right? I mean, we're supposed to be focused on our own lives, making sure we're in alignment, making sure we're responding where we're convicted um, and not turning towards everyone else. I mean, I was just writing my sermon for this week. Paul in 1 Corinthians has this whole debate about uh, people eating food sacrificed to idols. And Paul is brilliant. He says, if they eat food sacrificed to idols, so what? And if uh, you don't want to eat food sacrificed to idols, great. You've got to follow your conscience on this. And um, and I think that shows a level of maturity that a lot of Christians don't have anymore to yeah. say, we can disagree on some ethical issues. And Paul said, stay in church together. Keep going. Like, if you're not going to figure this out, and that's okay. There are two different perspectives, but you can keep being the body of Christ together. It was all what Paul was saying in that in that passage was saying that like I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep my brother or someone that's on the fence about Christ from stumbling. If that yep. means me abstaining from eating food sacrificed to idols, then that's what I'll do because I care about whether you stumble or not. That's what he was right. saying. Like I don't want you to stumble, and that's the goal. Totally. Our goal is to get you to Christ and then get you to stay there and not stumble. And whatever it takes, we'll do that. You know, without compromising compromising sins that are leading to death and stuff like that, obviously. Well, Paul but. even said that about sex. He said, yeah. you know, about marriage. He said, if you know, there's guys, there's, there's some that are not going to be able to handle being married and being, you know, chasing after God. And yep. because some of us turn our wife into an idol, mm. you know, i.e. me when I first met her. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, anything that she said, I, I did kind of thing. You know, I was one of those. Cause I, I just, that was the hottest thing ever, but. And now she's yeah. not. That's not what I said, Zach. <laughs> and she's sitting over there and giving you daggers. Did you hear that? Darcy? Okay. okay. No, <laughs> it's that because some, some have wives that are masters. Okay. And we are to have one master and that is Christ. 
So if it yeah. distracts you, then you shouldn't be married. That's what Paul was saying. And I, I firmly believe that if Dorothy and I were not completely as a couple, one first, and then as a couple seeking after God's will in our life, then there would be a whole lot more conflict. Yeah. Because we, we lived the conflict back in the, the drinking days. Yeah. And so we know that we butt heads. But staying focused on what God wants to do in your life. Listen, um, I'm not going to be able to talk to the people that Brandon does. There you go. You know, right. I'm not. And he has an audience with people that are going to listen to him because he understands where they're coming from. Amen. I like that. So when they bring that to me, I am not. Yeah, you, I, I you're definitely not I have no the comprehension of this. For sure. You yeah. know, and so I have no sympathy on a guy who comes to me and says he committed adultery. I would not. I mean, because no, I've been be there. Yeah, you'd because be I've been there. I know what that you'd be means. heavy. You'd be too heavy handed on that. Yeah, probably would. Yeah. Yeah, you would be. But, Pastor, but when my daughter came to me with this and she asked me, my my. I don't know all the numbers, so I, bear with me, okay? Yeah. LBGQ? LGBTQ. Okay. Yep. My daughter is, and she asked me to, uh, she got married, and she asked me to uh, go online and get ordained so I could ma marry him, and I, I refused. But let me ask you a question, Larry. If you could go back right now and get ordained to marry them, would you make, would you? No, I still wouldn't. You still wouldn't? I still wouldn't because that would be getting ordained for the wrong reason. Okay. When God chooses for me to become ordained, then God will put me on that path to be ordained. If you, oh, if you were already this ordained that, though, would you? You don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer that. Why would you want to put me on a spot like no, that? No, I know. I just wondering if it if it had changed. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. That was, you don't have to answer that. That's no. a very uncomfortable question. No, but that was also at the beginning of my walk, and I I am hyper fo focused on God. Yeah. You, you know this about me. I am very yeah. hyper focused. I can't help somebody else have a stumbling block. So in my mind, if it's a stumbling block, then I definitely can't help you stumble. Right. If that's if that's but I'm also looking at it like say. like she's gonna do it anyway, you know, like she didn't need my help, right? I understand. I understand. I made um, the cake. Brent, yeah, he made her a wedding cake. Yeah, we got to tell the listeners that hating on Larry and mad at him. He made the cake. Okay, yeah, he, he made her amazing. My well, my promise to all three of my daughters were that when they got married, I would make the wedding cake. I did not preface that that with. If you marry who I who I want you to marry, right? Or if yeah. I get to pick your husband, I, I didn't say that. I said when you get married, I would make your cake. Therefore, I followed through with my promise. You know what, too, especially for your generation, Larry. I think you're doing a really good job of handling that. I just want to say that because you could be handling it a different way, and so I think I think you should be commended for the way you've handled it. Like I grew up in the generation when I watched the mothers of my generation with unplanned pregnancy and their dads would kick them out of the house and never, I don't have a daughter anymore. You're dead to me. I never once said that to my daughter. Yeah. Brandon, before we get to the rounds, I want to ask you one more question. Yeah. Um, if there's someone right out there right now that's struggling, um, with their sexuality, but they still are interested in coming to know Christ, um, what would you tell them? 
what would you have to say to that person? I would say that this is the best time in history, probably, for someone to be struggling with their sexuality and wanting to be a follower of Christ. Because the way I see it, God has opened up so many doors, so many churches, so many ministries, so many spaces that are focused on helping people reconcile their faith and sexuality, wrestle with the big questions. Um, And so I would say connect up to one of those, whether that's coming to a church or meeting with a pastor like me or organizations like the Q Christian Fellowship, which brings together 3,000 LGBT Christians at the beginning of every year to worship and to uh, hear conference speakers and to be together as they wrestle with these questions. There are all sorts of communities and spaces out there today. And um, you don't need to hide in fear and shame because fear and shame are not from God. There are spaces where you can be honest, you can be open, and you can uh, be welcomed to continue your journey to follow Christ, just like just as you are. I like that statement right there. Follow Christ, just as you are. Yeah, praise because, the Lord. I mean, that's that's what Pastor Kevin preaches from the from the pulpit. Yeah, you know, come in, develop a relationship with Christ. All the things that Christ wants cleaned out of you, Christ will clean out of you. And if the if the Holy Spirit's in your church and you're able to, somebody requesting to have the Holy Spirit, and you're able to to facilitate that to where that person is able to get the Holy Spirit in church, then you should trust God that that Holy Spirit is going to convict them of how they should live their life. That's right. not your job. Not your job. So I completely agree with you, Zach. Okay, well, we're going to do the rounds now, Brandon, so we can get you out of here. I know you're busy, and, and I just I so much appreciate you coming on here. So, Larry, go ahead with your what you're going to say. I've actually, uh, I appreciate you coming on to the show. I appreciate you actually taking the time out and talk to us in this format. Um, I do know that God has callings on a lot of people that I would never understand. I know that God has a calling on my life that I, I know there's people out there going, oh my goodness, that's not, there's no way that's real, right? <laughs> You know, you know, but I know that God can use anybody and everybody everywhere. And all we have to do is be acceptable to letting the Lord lead us in our life. Right. And so I am going to read, which is my custom to read a, um, a verse and it's Colossians four and it'll start at two and go through six. Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most out of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. I believe that the Lord gave me that word today for that last sentence, man. Um, coming into this, Zach was nervous. I was not comfortable um, because my mouth often gets me in trouble, but I prayed that the Holy Spirit guide my words and put a, a muzzle on my mouth to keep Larry from being Larry. So I, I believe that it went well, and I appreciate you. I really do. I appreciate that uh, that you do have a mission for God, 
in an environment that I could never walk in because I have not learned to do that yet. And I, I don't think anybody's going to really listen to me on that anyway. Um, well, thank, thank you. I thank you for your time. All right. My turn. So um, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on in. Um, you've done a lot of very popular and big shows. So I just thank you for coming on little, our little old, our show and, um, oh. gracing us with your presence. I appreciate that. Um, Throughout this show, I've learned I've learned so much. I would have never approached Christianity the way I would have if it wasn't for this show. And I'm just thankful to God that um, He's given me the opportunity to speak to so many people. And I think um, I think what you and I and this show did today is set an example of how Christianity can be. Okay, mm. and if if you if you want me to put me in the same group that you put Brandon as an apostate or a false prophet, I'm willing to accept that tag from you. The people that, the people that believe that the spirit doesn't speak anymore and that God is powerless on the earth and that he only speaks through the Bible. I'm willing to accept that tag from you because I'm not worried about you. My mission isn't for you. My ministry isn't for you. Our ministry, Brandon and I, Brandon is, particularly going after the lost as well and the LGBT community, showing them that they can have a relationship with Christ. And I'm also going into the unbeliever community people and showing them that they could have a relationship with Christ. And we're doing it in a way that's more palatable. And that way we're not creating division and strife amongst us because the way that you're doing it is for you. Let's be honest. It's full of pride and arrogance and it's for you and it's for you alone. So you can put me in whatever box you want. But I hope for, for those Christians that are willing to budge a little bit and see what happened here today, I want you to see that you can be this way. And this way is, um, is going to bring more people to Christ. And that's just, that's just the truth. So, um, Brandon, the floor is yours, my friend. Amen. Thank you all. And I would say, I mean, I'll end with the scripture too. I think um, one of the verses that has guided all my ministry, and I think it's exactly what you all are doing, and it's what I try to do in the world. Uh, I learned it back in Sunday school, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's trusting in God with all of our heart and not on our own understanding. And in all our ways, if we acknowledge God, he will direct our path. The point of being a follower of Christ is not to have all the answers. It's not to be able to debate your way into convincing people that you're right. It's about trusting in God, not in you having all of the correct ways of being and believing. And so my uh, invitation to everyone is keep our faith in God. Keep following after Christ. Allow the Spirit to guide us where the Spirit guides us, even when it's unexpected, even when it's shocking. and as we do that, God's presence will be with us and God's blessings will be upon us as we uh, seek to follow him and him alone. So I think you all are doing that well. And I'm so grateful that y'all allowed me to be part of this conversation. Man, thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it. And um, I hope we can stay in touch, man. I'll, t- I'll talk to you soon. For sure. Thank you all. All right, brother. Bye-bye. 
that makes me um, that makes me happy because um, so Jeff Durbin is a guy that I've been following for a while on the debate world because um, before I started this whole podcast for years um, I didn't my how my personality was as a human being like I I wasn't comfortable with it because I'm more of a passive and loving dude and stuff like that and I'm more I'm more passive and I and I would watch this Jeff Durbin dude and he's a pastor and he actually do you remember the movie Mortal Kombat. I never watched the movie. I played a game. Okay, the game. He he played he played um, Johnny Cage on the game. I don't the, remember the, the characters' names. Yeah, the Johnny Did, Cage is, with, is he the one with the purple hair? The L.A. dude with um no, he's the L.A. dude with the cool glasses. Johnny Cage, and he was the actor. He was the actor on the game. Okay. But anyway, this Jeff Durbin guy played him. He's like a black belt in Taekwondo or something, and he played. So is my brother. Okay, so um, this guy, this guy, he played him on the Mortal Kombat games, um, or may, or on the movie. I can't remember exactly what it was, but Jeff Durbin is a very popular guy, and he just goes out and he's very stern and he's very debating and stuff like this. And I was like, okay, like, and I set out to be more like that guy because I was like, I didn't like who I was, right? Well, when we started the show, if you don't remember correctly, I've said this a million times. I know it gets annoying, but I kind of was going in that direction. And then I finally, one day I prayed to God. I said, God, I can't, I can't do this. I cannot be this way. This isn't me. You got the wrong guy. And he's like, I never asked you to be like Jeff Durbin. I asked you to be like Zach. And I was just like, okay, perfect. I mean, (laughs) you want me to be myself? I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm a coward sometimes and stuff like that. But really I am who God created me to be. And so, and God created you the way you are. I think we're all net. I'm not saying that people like Jeff Durbin aren't necessary, but when I watched his interview with Brandon Robertson, I was like, no, sir. Like you were like, he was just, he, he set out to drag him down. You know, he was refuting what he was saying and stuff like that, which I guess some of that is fine. I'm not saying everybody should be like me, but there was no love to that conversation. That conversation was for Jeff Durbin. If there is no love, to the conversation is Christ actually in the conversation or is it the person's will and pride speaking? I don't even feel like you today had something that you want to say that you had to muzzle yourself though. I don't even feel like that happened. Why was that? Why was today different for you? Was it because of the lead up to the show? Like, cause you, you say there's things that you want to say, but then you don't, I don't even feel like that happened today. I don't feel like there was something that you wanted to say that you had to jerk back. No, I've been praying for this since you sent me that clip, man. I saw that happening with her. I I prayed this. I I prayed over this one more than I have ever prayed for me not to be me. This is why I normally don't show you guys who I'm interviewing. I don't want you to get like intimidated or nervous. No, or, I wasn't intimidated, and I don't get nervous. And um, I mean, here's where my nervousness lies. Will I be judgmental? Yeah. Will I be Larry, the man, or will I be Larry, the spirit? I need to follow my spirit. In certain situations, I cannot let my flesh override my spirit. I mean, I shouldn't do that in in any, but if I'm driving, sometimes my flesh gets the best of my spirit. Y'all all all know that. Yeah, well, me too. I mean, obviously. But, you know, because I can't debate on a platform that I choose not to have any knowledge of. I mean, yeah, that, that would be stupid. 
He's bringing people to Christ. Why in the heck would you try to interrupt that? Like, and he's bringing a community that I can't bring people to. Well, I mean, maybe I'm a little bit more, but you can't. Jeff Durbin, dang sure can't. Look, I, you know? I want to, to fight every every bit of my, every fiber. I, I, I want to fight my flesh that says I need to condemn someone or that I need to judge someone on what they are. And that's including the street preacher that is yelling and screaming or that guy that we talked about that one time. The Lord has showed me to to stay in my lane. You know, I, I, I was spoke over a long time, about two years ago, about I'm, I'm the driver in the bus. People are going to get on my bus and people are going to get off my bus, and I am just the driver. I'm just the driver. Okay, and I God has used me in a lot of different ways to speak to a lot of people in different formats while they're on my bus, meaning while they're in my my general area where my my influence is welcomed over their life instead of me going in and trying to get influence over somebody's life that you know doesn't need it. Um, each and every one of us have our own walk with Christ. My walk yeah. is not your walk. Yeah. My understanding of God isn't quite the same as yours. Um, even ours, like we're in the same church, we have the same belief system, and even though we're probably very close, we probably still have some different views about that. Yes. And that's and that's okay, man. But well, when when I have my 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 concerns, I go vertical. Yeah. Okay. I go vertical to God. I I, I talk to God because when Jesus died on the cross the veil was ripped opening up that door for me and you to go straight to god with our concerns yeah so if we're if i'm going straight to god with my concern often his answer comes horizontally and when you come against a problem that you think your flesh is going to override your spirit and you reach out for wise counsel and prayer then wise counsel is what god will give you so I did my best to adhere to what I felt that the wise counsel was giving me. And y'all, we prayed together before this podcast, and y'all heard my prayer. My yeah. prayer is, God, give me the words, because I really don't know what to say. Yeah. And I'm up against a wall, and I was able to communicate with him and not have any, um, I, hope, I hope I didn't show any kind of judgment on this. No, you didn't. So No, you did. This was a different show that I've ever seen you be on. That's why I can sense, like, my chest starts getting um, tense because I can tell when you want to say something, when you're like, nope, like, I can tell. But your spirit was completely different today. I didn't even sense that you wanted to say anything that you didn't. But you were also, like, a, lo a lot more prepared for this show than what you normally are. You get kind of hit off guard. That's why That's why I'm really glad we're going in the direction that we're going because I think we're going to be more prepared from now on. I think you're going to get hit, you know, not out of center. I mean, like, we all can we all get caught off guard. Like, you know, when Rick came on the show, none of us knew that he was a trans Luciferian. None of us knew um, that. Like, that's probably not good for a bunch of Christians to come in and just be figuring that live on air. And then that goes out raw to the world. Like we probably need to be prepared a little bit for those things. No, actually, I think that that was probably one of the better ones because we weren't prepared for that right. one. And that's 
the way this stuff comes at you into in the world. You're not walking down the street knowing everything about everybody. That's Great not point. how this is going to come at you. And so when people come up to you and because you literally, we were in Walmart the other day. I don't like Walmart. I don't like going to Walmart. This was the big Walmart, not the little one. Okay. And we walked on the bread aisle and the woman I saw looked at my shirt and I was wearing the one love like Jesus. And she came up to my wife and asked if we were Christians. My wife said, yes. And she goes, will you pray for me? So my wife called me over and. Why do I feel I, like you're about to laugh? I listened to her story. I listened to her story and my wife continued shopping. Oh, that's messed up. Yes. She went down. Listen to me now. I'm listening to this woman spill all the stuff that she needs prayer about. And my (laughs) wife went all the way around another whole aisle. And I turned around to her to say, come. Darcy, what's up with that? Because I'm not about to lay hands on a woman in Walmart, period. Okay. Without my wife standing right there with me. And so you went and got her. No. She about the time I started looking for her, she popped up in my line of sight at the end of the row. And I went, I whistled at her and got her attention. Come over here. And I didn't, the Lord made it available that we had room on the aisle without 47 people packing in there. And I prayed for her right then and there, because I look, you know, if I say, well, you know, I don't, I don't remember exactly how the verse says it, but if I say something along the lines of, of, uh, you know, the Lord will bless you, but I don't do anything about it. Right. Well, I didn't have money to put her and her family up in a hotel room. Matter of fact, I didn't have money. I was pretty low on the money on buying the groceries. For oh, that well, yeah, day, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. So all I could do was pray, but that's not all I could do. That's not the least I can do. I hate that when people say, well, the least I could do is pray. Really? That's the-, the most you can do is pray. Yep. The most you can do is intercede on behalf of somebody that has asked you to intercede. Yep. She was asking for wisdom. Yep. I gave her what the Lord told me to give her. Yep. So in that particular situation, it became more of my, my actions needed to speak louder than my words. And I needed to pray what God wanted her to hear. That's what, that's what I like about this sermon, this, um, this series that pastor Gary's preaching on because, and it's really cool about how the proof of like going to church and stuff like that can really, cause all this issue I've been dealing with, um, it, it solved every issue in one sermon that he had. He can do that, doesn't he? And it was cool because like this whole time I started to view the Holy spirit as a, as my drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. Rather than my friend, this this series that Pastor Gary's preaching on is called "My Friend, the Holy Spirit" or "Holy the Holy Spirit, My Friend," and he we want you to look at the the Holy Spirit more like from that's your buddy, that's your friend, that's not like you, you know. And I was looking at it like a drill sergeant, like like he was a guy that was out to get me, you know. But at the end of the day, that's your that's your friend, like he wants you to do the right thing, and mm-hmm. you're sitting here thinking like he's your enemy or your drill sergeant or your you know, like, or your dad that doesn't, that you're fighting him, you know, you're fighting your dad, but really it's your friend, you know, it's a person that is interested in you moving forward. And that really helped, um, help me change. And then it also helped me distinguish the voice of the enemy and the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit talks to you and tries to tell you to do things 
um, it sounds like, you know, encouragement and all this other stuff. But when the enemy is trying talking to you, it sounds like you'll never, it looks kind of like the door knocking thing, man. Like whenever, Oh, you'll never be good at this. Why won't you do this? Like you'll, you're never going to be who God wants you to be because you can't even do this one little thing. Look at, look at, um, Isaac and Jacob, you know, or whenever he went to, or Abraham, when he went to sacrifice his son and you won't even go knock doors, look at you. You'll never step into your calling. You'll never be who God, you know? And then when Pastor Gary said that one thing, I go, it was Satan. This whole time, man, it was Satan. Like, and it just floored me. I was like, wow. Like, like, and it was so clear to me about all these issues I had been dealing with. The reason why I say this is because like God tells me to pray for people all the time. All the time, dude. And they don't and come do? up to me. No. <laughs> no. No. I'm working on it. Look, I want, I really. I did am, do it once. I did. She asked me for prayer. I prayed for her. But I do want to get to the point where God says, Larry, pray for that person. Oh, he does it to me all the and time. I, and I go, hey, God. I go find that person and pray for that person. Now, I would I obey, babe? Yeah, if, you if would. If God told me to pray for somebody. I know that, you would. Without a doubt. Yeah. You can give mine to Larry. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> but but there... Yeah, she has it, to have it all the time, it, too. It's amazing how many people I can be friendly and talk with that aren't really honestly put off by me. I mean, come on. Mostly all little older ladies find me easy to talk to. Okay, and I don't, I mean, I should terrify them. If I walked up on your front porch, uh, you know, it would be terrifying to see me on your front porch. Like, oh, no, what's this smiling-looking penguin coming up here for? Yeah, well, somebody thought I was a cop. Why is that happy penguin? (laughs) Somebody thought I was a cop not too long ago. Really? Knocking on their door, yeah. Oh, because you you knocked too loud? I'm not dressed in a uniform. No, yeah, it's that. Yeah. You know. Answer the door, bro. Yeah, I think you should continue to do that. Okay, so I want to go around the room, Angela. I want to ask you a question real quick. What's one thing you took away from this episode? Give me one thing that you took away and you learned from this episode. Turn your mic on and turn it up. Take your hand away from turn your, your mic. Your turn, your, turn your mic on. No, it's not. Turn it on up. What's one thing you learned on this show? I learned to never judge a book by its cover because everyone is different. You may, the way that we view, like the way that they put their self out there until you really talk to them and have a conversation with them, you really don't know their circumstance or their situation. Right. So never judge a book by its cover. Always listen and learn. There you go. Larry, what's one thing you took away from this episode? That I truthfully need to walk in obedience in all things, not just some, but in all things. Um, Why? Why do you say that? What about this episode made you realize that? Well, that's been my goal for a while, but in this episode, how I treat someone reflects on how Christianity is seen. Yeah. Okay? And if... If nothing else, I'm to love like Jesus, not love like man. You know, love is of God. God is love. For me to have God in me, 
I, I am to have love in me. He loves all of his creations, everything. We were all created for him. His love in me overwhelms, and then it overfills my cup, and it is to splash on those. Splash is not a good word. Um, like a theme park? Overflow onto others that I come in contact with. And if I walk in God's love, then it is becomes easier for me to love like Jesus. And that is my heart. That is my heart right now. That's the goal, right? Is to like, I think you said something earlier that was really cool. Like you're like of, about us not being prepared is because the goal is to be able to go out in the streets someday and be able to minister to people like that are struggling with LGBTQ or maybe a Satanist or an atheist or whatever it may be. And they may have these objections that they come up to and we're able to lead them to Christ on the street with no, with no hesitancy whatsoever. Like exactly. Yeah. And so we don't need to be prepared. This is preparing us for that. If we are not the church outside the four walls of the building, then we have wasted our time. Let me ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Uh oh. This just came to me. Really? Because I had a I just had a vision just now. I just had a vision right now. And I really I'm gonna say this and people might hate me. But at an LGBTQ parade, I'm gonna ask you this question. At an LGBTQ parade, where would Jesus be? At, Cause let me, let me explain a, a nuance to you at an LGBTQ parade. There's usually Christians holding signs on the side, like throwing things at them and saying like holding signs of you're going to hell, repent, or you're going to hell, stuff like that. Where would Jesus be at that parade? Do you think he'd be holding one of those signs and throwing things at the people in the parade? Or where do you think he'd be? I'm, I'm real. That's really hard for me to answer because unfortunately it is I've, a very hard question because you don't want to say as a Christian, you don't want to say that Jesus would be with them marching in the parade, condoning it. You don't right, want to say that, right. but he's dang sure not going to be holding one of the signs. No, I, I, and I, I, that's why I was hesitant to a- answer that. So where would he be? Because in the simple fact that we have been to a parade, I didn't see the, the adversity, um, but I saw the nastiness. Well, yeah. And they go way overboard. Yeah. At times. Yeah. And, like I, I would get the parade if you're just like promoting but love if, and but stuff if like I that. Found, if I found that Jesus was at that, it would be at the end when it finishes. And the, some of them are saddened. Oh, cause you're talking about the rich man kind of. That that Jesus is the comforter. Yeah. And it and it doesn't matter where that prodigal son is. Jesus was in the the uh pig pen with the son. He's the one that told him, you know, hey, even even my father's slaves eat better than this. Where do you think that came from? That came from Jesus. So I would see that Jesus is the comforter no matter what their situation is. Yeah. 
That's where I would see Jesus at. Yeah, because he definitely wouldn't be condoning it, but he definitely wouldn't be holding the sign. That's why I like to do is like, where would Jesus be? I mean, if you're really a Christian, you're supposed to be a Christ follower. What you need to be asking yourself that age old question, what would Jesus be doing? And it not just not just be a saying it, be it like really think about that. Well, I asked that of my wife last night while we were in bed. Yeah. She 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 made a, a comment to me or something and then, you know, fake we were laughing about it, but she faked to slap me and I went, What would Jesus do? Yeah. And which, I think Jesus which made would have her laugh. Slapped you as well. <laughs> Probably. Probably. I think there's certain situations <laughs> where Jesus would absolutely slap you, dude. <laughs> I have felt his hand. Yeah. Because I got outside of what my purpose was. Yeah. And became Larry in the flesh, which was a judgmental person in, in that particular situation. I said probably what I shouldn't have said. But God keeps showing me that street preacher that's yelling and screaming and nobody listening. God's showing me those guys that jump up and tell you exactly what you're doing wrong, but hide what they're doing wrong. Everything that you're doing in the darkness is going to come into the light. I think so every, I need to yeah. be the same in the darkness as I am in the light. I think every Christian, if you have a ministry or if you have a goal or whatever you do in your actions, you need to ask yourself, you really need to ask this question. Who's this for? Mm. And you need to mean it. Yes. Who am I doing this for? You know, and you're doing it to glorify God, but who are you trying to reach? Because I see a lot in Christian apologetics and a lot of ministries that you're doing this for you. And I see that you're doing it for yourself so you can glorify yourself, so you can become exactly. popular, so you can make money, so you can make yourself feel better. Because whenever I was in law enforcement, that was for me. I wasn't serving nobody. It's because I had a whole lot of insecurities that law enforcement masked and covered and it made it it made me seem like a big old tough guy right and it had a lot of things it was covered. hold on hold on i'm laughing about that one <laughs> it made me it made me feel like no, one well Didn't yeah but you said big and well, i just laughed <laughs> 140 pounds is big to some people but but what i'm saying is I, i'm just bringing him down a little bit i'm it laughing me, at it it made me feel like a big old tough guy but it was all it was all life i look back at it i never was in law enforcement for ser public service never and that's the truth. And I, and I look at these ministries, at some of these ministries, and I go, who is this for? That's who I ask. When I'm looking at your ministry, I'm going, who is this for? Who are you going after? You know, and I will say, with my heart, and I know, you, I know you believe this too, and I know everybody here believes that, who are we going after here? Who is this for? It's not for it, us. No. It's dang sure it's not for us. It's for the unbeliever. And I think we've proved this, that this show is for the unbeliever. And we have changed our lives how we act and how we approach things because it's for this, even at our own, at this, at the expense of our own comfort, even at the expense of our own comfort in our personal lives and in our regular lives and but, in our Christian lives. But we also had to walk aware of how the world sees us. Mm -hmm. We can't be blind to that. No, we can't just be, I'm doing this for Jesus and not be aware that we are walking in offense to someone. We are not to cause offense for someone. And like, for instance, my aunt sent me a shirt and I had, was on the phone with her, you know, she's in New Mexico. And I, I was, I was like, yeah, I'm going to wear, you know, cause she sent me two and one of them were at, was actually a, a woman's shirt. And apparently their three X is not the same as my three X. Um, so, I mean, it fit me like a, a large or it's winter Darcia laughed. Yeah. Darcia, it's just listen, winter she laughed out loud when she saw me in it. It was unbelievable. It's, it's not because they're. 
three XL is different. It's because Winter Larry's here. No, it's not because Winter Larry's. No, that's uh, that shirt probably would have fit you, and I put it on. It's a which meant I look like a baby Huey. That's what I said. I look like a baby Huey. There's no way a three XL fit me. But I put it on so my wife could see it. I mean, even the sleeves were cut like you know way up here. You didn't like she it. She sent me that one, and then she sent me a pink shirt. Oh, my. Okay. And here's what I was afraid of, because I had planned on wearing it today. I even told my aunt that I was going to wear it today, and then I told my aunt, oh, wait a minute. I probably shouldn't, <laughs> because I don't want it to be perceived as making fun of this situation. I didn't want it to be slanderous. Even though I'm going to wear this shirt eventually, like when we yeah. come back, but I, I I didn't want it to be perceived that way. We need to be aware of how we are perceived in the world and make sure that everything that we do is for the glory of God so right. that we are perceived correctly. Okay, I'm going to do something. I feel, I um, I know this is God telling me to do this, and so I'm okay with it. Um. And you're going to know that it was God telling me to do this after this. So I want to, I want to remind people about the break. Okay. The break is going to be, we, this is our last episode and this episode is going to come out on January 30th. Okay. And then we record on Wednesday. So we're not going to record the 31st, the 7th of February, the 14th of February, the 21st of February and the 28th of February meaning that we're not going to record our next show until Wednesday, March the 6th, okay? And then you will get that show on March the 12th is when you'll get that. So your next show back will be March the 12th. And so we're going to miss you, but this break is much needed. Um, this this break is much needed. Um, and we ask that you just go back and watch old episodes because I, wa- I want you to see how much we change when we come back, how much different this show is going to be. Now, I want to do something that we never do on this show, and I vowed n- never to do, but I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to do this. Um, we're going to pray on air as a closing. Um, we always pray out on this show, and we always pray out, and we always go into private, and we do that. We do that because this show is designed for an unbeliever, and so, um, but we want to show you guys how we pray on this ministry. We're going to pray out, okay? And we're going to stand up. We're going to hold hands, even though we might go off camera. Um. We're going to stand up and we're going to hold hands. It's okay. I don't care. I don't care. And then we're going to pray. So what I want you to pray for, I want you to pray like we normally do, but I also want you to pray for the future of the ministry, okay? And and that this break edifies all of us and that we come back stronger and that the listeners that come back, they get even more out of it. So pray for the guest and the future of the ministry. So let's all hold hands real quick. Okay, you you just stay seated and hold on to the mic and we'll all grab hands and put that. What happened? Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we are gathered here today to just thank you for everything that you've led us to do the guests that we've been that you've sent our way lord i pray for robert and his ministry lord and our ministry lord i pray that you continue to to do your 
to do your will, Lord, and not ours. Lord, I pray that you continue to bring people our way, that we can minister and just guide them in your way of guiding and not our fleshly way of guiding, Lord. I pray for, Lord, I pray for the the new beginnings that's going to come when we come back, Lord, that it's going to be better than ever. And like, you're going to see your light shine through the lens of this camera, through each and every one of us on this show and through our guests, Lord, that we're going to show more love and compassion and that we're going to bring some more life, some more lives to you, Lord. So thank you for that, Lord. I put a hedge of protection over each and every one that is listening through this podcast and each and every one of our brothers and sisters out there in this world that are struggling from addiction and porn and whatever it may be that everybody is struggling for, that you just that you just protect them and that you just guide them back to you, Lord. I pray that I pray that you just soften everyone's heart, Lord, because our time is very, 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 very Hmm, how do how do I say it? Lord, you're coming back soon and we all know this. We're in the end times. We don't know the exact date, but we know that we're in the end times. Whether it be another five years or maybe next or maybe tomorrow, Lord, I pray that you just hold each and every one of us and you just bring more and more to you. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm out. All right. Okay, good deal. Um, I think that wraps it up. Anything you want to leave everybody on the break? Jesus loves you, and so do I. Oh, okay. Thank you for watching and listening. We are out. Thank you for watching or listening all the way to the end. To be a guest on the show or to get a hold of us, please contact us at info at helpmyunbelief.org. And more importantly, make sure to check out new episodes every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Central. 